20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perhatch. Dream team back together again, and does it feel so good? Dusty, Sarah, Steve, we're all back. What's going on, guys? 2-0, baby. 2-0. Whoop, whoop. Absolutely wonderful weekend. Packers are 2-0. We continue to look great. I mean, not that anyone cares that's listening, but UCF won too, so I was just feeling myself this weekend and ready to just kick this week in the butt and get to Sunday night. Sarah, this is a, a a friendly podcast, so just watch the terminology, okay? Anyway, let's move on before uh, Dusty rolls his eyes even harder at me. Um, all right, so let's get right into it. Uh, Packers 2-0, and victory over the Lions. If you've been listening to the Pack of Day podcast, then why wouldn't you be? You've had the breakdowns from Andy and Ben and all those guys uh, and kind of breaking all that stuff down. But um, it was a great, great game. The big news kind of coming out of the game, obviously, is Devontae Adams and his injury. Coming from Tom Palacero, it says that his his hamstring strain is considered minor, uh, but his status is to be determined for this week's game against the Saints. So, you know, how awesome is it going to be on Sunday night with no Devontae Adams and no Michael Thomas? It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. But uh, if he said he was he was trying to get back into the game. Lafleur said he was trying to get back in the game on Sunday, but with such a big lead already, they figured they might as well rest him. So fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Do whatever you got to do. Pray to whatever uh, deity that you do that Devontae <laughs> Adams is on the field for the game. So there's that. Lane Taylor is now moved officially to the IR. There has been no corresponding move as of yet. So it appears the Packers have an open spot. Any ideas who they're going to bring in, guys? Like, what's your what's your thought? Is it going to be a, you know a middle linebacker maybe or no? Oh, you like that? Um, no, I, I'm I'm digging Chris <laughs> Barnes so far, man. I, I'm digging Chris Barnes. I really like Chris Barnes. I mean, the answer before two days ago would have been Jared Valdir, and I granted he's already retired once before, but he announced his retirement uh, yesterday or two days ago, I think, at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, we talked. I feel like we talked a ton about offensive line and linebackers uh in the offseason and question marks and man so far those guys those positions have both been pretty good <laughs> and stupid darren lee got suspended for four games blowing up our idea about bringing him in for the pack yeah so. like legitimately i think a day or two after we were like they need to sign darren lee that's what they need to do that's the smart move and then it was like no he's popped uh, he's he's, yeah. he's out i legitimately tweeted it and i got like four replies <laughs> from people within 15 minutes like dude he just got suspended i'm like Damn it! Okay, <laughs> like, I can't delete it because so many people responded already. But yeah, that was definitely not going to work. So it'll be interesting to see if they'll just move somebody up from the practice squad or what's going to be going down. But uh, they got an open spot, so we'll kind of monitor that um, and see kind of what the Packers are thinking. Tuesdays, so that means when we record this, that means Aaron Rodgers is talking on the Pat McAfee show. And I did not actually get to take a listen. I saw a couple of the highlights, but both of you guys did. So I'm going to give you guys the floor. And Sarah, let's start with you. Tell us uh, what were some of your big takeaways from what came out this week? Yeah. So once again, this was another great episode. I'm so glad that they're doing this every week because it's just a totally different side of Aaron Rodgers and a completely different one than we're used to seeing in media availabilities and interviews. And I really love this kind of fun uh, happy-go-lucky side of Aaron Rodgers. So something that I kind of laughed about was uh, Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk asked him about, you know, the infamous play where Matt LaFleur called a timeout <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers was quite angry about it and there were no fans, so you heard everything he said. <laughs> and they just asked him, like, what what's what happens? When, you know, do you guys talk it out? Do you talk after the game? Are you pissed during the game? And Rogers, it just killed me. He was like, well, you know, we actually haven't talked since about 3.22 p.m. on Sunday. So (laughs) he just said it with the straightest face. And there was such a long pause. And 
Pat McAfee even said, he's like, well, that's all the media needs. Like, they'll take that and run with it. I don't care what you have to say after that. It was just like a perfect setup. But, you know, he said, yeah, we talked right after the play. We talk it out. Things happen like that. And he goes, you know, I was just really getting in a groove and a rhythm. And then it kind of got disrupted. And he said, but I trust him and, you know, what the plays that he calls. And his exact quote was, Maddie and I are really close. And it's been a fun year working together. So I think their hashtag friendship goals is still going strong considering he uh, gave him a nickname, Maddie. But that was one of my uh, t- favorite takeaways. Yeah, I had a couple. I mean, one of them, he, you know, he loves to no one's surprise. He's a uh, Rogers is a big Ben Stiller guy. And they asked him his favorite Ben Stiller movie. And he uh, he cited Heavyweights, which has long been a favorite of mine. Uh, that's Ben Stiller in full on. Basically, his dodgeball character before dodgeball was a thing where he's just whipping these fat kids into shape and just abs- just absolutely terrible. I think my favorite quote that makes no sense out of context is uh, rip up the food. The bugs will be out soon, as he says, as he's just staring off into the distance. So uh, Rogers loves heavyweights. Big, big Don't fan they of end that up one. like tying him to a tree at the end of it, if I remember correctly, <laughs> like pour- and pouring honey on him? That sounds right. They do that. Um, you know, but he's real mean, Steve. He's real- <laughs> oh, no, I remember. He was a huge ass. Like, he was a huge <laughs> ass in that movie. I still remember when all the fat kids, like, like drilled holes into their bunk beds and, like, popped the tops off and hit all their candy and mm-hmm. stuff there. That was, a, that was a really good movie. Yeah, they set, the, they set a prank for when the parents came to visit, where I think they had they, they had them make believe that they were eating rats. I think they, like, filled, like, fake oh, rats with right. food or something. That was... Uh, it was solid. It was all the way around. Good movie. So I'm glad, you know, Rogers, that was his, his Pretty favorite. Pretty positive it's on movie. Disney Plus right now. Oh, is it really? I think so. I'm okay. going to have to check. If it is, I'm gonna, I, I might have to give it a second viewing. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I used to be. I used to watch that uh, quite a few times. That was good. Um, he, <laughs> he also brought up, he referred to J.K. Scott as one of the most interesting and strange punters. And there was precisely zero follow-up questions to this. And I was like, what's this? There was like a story behind this like he's he's like a he's like a taller very lanky michael sarah guy like he's got an odd look to him but like i want to know more about the personalities that was that was something i want to hear more about um and he brought up specifically i mean there's a clip that's going around that everyone's seen i don't know that we need to touch on that too much although maybe we do but he did bring up specifically jamal williams and how jamal williams um kind of kind of what everyone was saying even the offseason kind of changed his body a little bit got leaner got more explosive rogers was talking about how aaron jones was such a big i think it actually came up they're asking about aaron jones in the passing game and rogers talked about that then said you know another guy people don't talk about is jamal williams like he's really changed himself he's more explosive he's able to do more things that we want him to do they're splitting him out wide quite a bit this past week as well uh which was nice but but him specifically talking about uh jamal williams and i've, I've noticed that a trend in Rogers interviews a little bit too is he's taking time out to praise different teammates. It's Jamal Williams. It was MVS. It's, I mean, he's, he's throwing these diff, these different guys around where um, I feel like he didn't used to be quite that free in interviews before. So that's been, uh, that's been kind of fun to see for sure. And uh, actually speaking of Packers running backs, this is the one thing that we, I just saw um, broke from the NFL. It just the game ball of the week did go to, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. So, uh, I mean, pretty pretty hard to argue with what he did on the field. Like, he was all over the place. It was just uh, just outstanding, outstanding to watch. That one catch was crazy where he went up and got it. Just mossed, I, I, mossed a dude, yeah. Yeah, like, what? Ugh, loved him. I I wa- yeah, watching that replay, you, you saw it. Like, I saw it, and I looked at his hands, and I was like, God, I kind of want to get the measurements on his hands because I feel like his hands are huge. Compared to, you know, 5'9", like, well, what is he, like 180? But, man, like, the hands are just there. And he's he's catching things that uh, the Packers wide receivers aren't catching. So, it's I mean, everybody. Hard, I, Low barks there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yes, that's very, very true. That's why everybody started tweeting. It's like, oh, you don't pay running backs, but you pay a running back when he's running back one and wide receiver two. <laughs> yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember the timing on this. I think that catch was in the first half, and then he came out the second half with that 75 yard run. Like, oh, he, he kind of just does a little bit of everything. For the Pack a Day podcast, we are going to continually break down the Packers offense versus whoever they're playing on defense. So, what we're going to do Packers Saints Sunday night football, and the one thing that you are looking for in the game. So, Dusty. Tell me, what are you looking for from the Packers offense versus the Saints defense? 
Yeah, I want to see what they do. I mean, and they've been they've been doing it already this year a little bit. Uh, you know, getting the the backs and tight ends a little more involved, which we kind of thought was going to happen before the season, especially with I don't know if you guys heard, but they didn't add a wide receiver um, in the off season. So kind of assumed that backs and tight ends. Did you guys? It didn't make a whole lot of um, national. No, I saw I saw Florio the the power ranking ranked them sixth and said Packers offense looks great. Just imagine what they would look like if they added a first round wide receiver. Yeah, that would maybe they could score seventy points a game. Like, so, come on, thanks, man! Mario. Like, I'm sorry, the the Vikings added a first round wide receiver. Why are they not ranked higher? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I expect that to continue this week. I, I I was asking you guys before the the podcast, and I still haven't seen much about uh, Josiah Deguara. I know he he got more snaps and higher usage in week one than I kind of thought he was going to in week one. And then, you know, obviously he was injured this past week. So uh, if, if DeGuara is in, um, I expect a lot from him. I just expect, I mean, the Darren Waller caught like 90 passes this past week against the saints. <laughs> like they just, they have trouble with some of those, um, some of kind of the in cutting and then the kind of the, like in cutting close to the line, and then they, they kind of pivot away from that a little bit as well and run stuff behind it. Like they had trouble with some of that kind of horizontal stretch stuff. What the Packers can do really, really well with some of the groupings they have. So I'm I'm curious, even if DeGuara isn't out there, I mean, they ran, he didn't play as many snaps, but uh, Lovett was out there this past week running some of the same stuff DeGuara was running. He ran uh, kind of a, a seam vertical route that was that was kind of awesome that they were running a couple times with DeGuara the previous week. So that's one of the big things I'm looking for is how are the Packers going to utilize you know that grouping of of uh, Jones, Williams, DeGuara, Lovett, Sternberger, and Tanyan, and even Lewis. Lewis has been getting a little more in the passing game than I thought. How are they going to use that against the Raiders? Or, I'm sorry, against the Saints? Because it did seem like the Saints were having a tough time with that against the Raiders. So is that was that a one-time blip? Um, I don't know, but that is something the Packers are, are emphasizing this year. So I think that that some of that stuff close to the line, well, that's, well, that's fun on the broadcast because you can see – you know, a lot of that crossing stuff, a lot of the stuff they like to do close to the line with those groupings. So just when they trot those groupings out, what are they able to do? And uh, are they able to go 600 yards in the air? Uh, my answer is yes. That's that's what I'm looking for. 600, okay. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> just seeing if you guys are still paying attention. I mean, how could you not with a statement like that? <laughs> <laughs> just, that's unbelievable. The thing I'll be looking out for um, on Sunday night is – you know, whether Devontae Adams plays or not, if he doesn't play, then I will absolutely be looking for this. If he does, you know, he's going to be limited, I think, in what he's able to do. Who is the guy this game? Is it MBS or Lazard? Because, you know, we've talked about this countless times on this podcast, and I know everyone else um, and every other podcast team has. But it looks like Rodgers is starting to just go to MBS and just go to MBS. Of course, he's still going to Lazard and Lazard's making plays, but... If Devontae Adams is completely out of the picture, who is who then becomes the number one guy in Aaron Rodgers' mind? That's what I'm going to be looking at um, on Sunday. I mean, last Sunday against the Lions, it looked like MVS was that guy. He went to him time and time again. And, you know, I think the trust is just building between them. And this is a huge game for MVS. I know, you know, they're impressed with him and what he's able to do, but I think this could be the game where – he doesn't have any any big drops and you know he's really able to make plays this will be a game that puts him on everyone else's radar and to stick with the wide receivers i'm going to be looking at the dropped passes because it has been a theme this far through two weeks the packers offense has been great it's been putting up historic numbers as far as points as far as yards and that's amazing. That's really good. But, I mean, it was – LaFleur came out and said it was six drops this uh, this last week. And most likely, I think we said three or four – we saw three or four from week one. Mm-hmm. And they were – there was probably a couple more that could have been included because I know – I don't know if they included the Sternberger one because it would have been called back by a penalty no matter what. But, I mean, it's just – it's there and it's prevalent. And you – you want to defend the Packers, but when they have these guys out on the field that are dropping this many passes and they didn't go out and add a single playmaker. I, okay. Sorry. I take that back. They did add uh Funches, but he opted out. Um, that would have been more drop passes probably. Right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been, I don't know. I want to give him the, the benefit of the doubt. 
because technically he's he should be coming back for the Packers next year. So I I mean it's just it's a huge huge thing to look out for because if this is the trend all year, like if they're putting up forty five points a game, but they're still dropping six balls, like that's just something you really 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 need to clean up. And hopefully there's something, obviously that's something they will be working on in practice. And you know that the coaches are all over it. So trust in the Packers and everything like that. But that is the one thing I'm looking for. We, you know, fingers crossed that that's, that's what they're going to be doing. But um, yeah. All right, guys, let's see uh, if that's uh, what we're looking for. Packers offense, Saints defense, uh, anything else you are looking for in the game? Uh, for me, it's it's what the Saints are going to do with their safeties. I mean, I was noticing you know, this past week, especially, and we've only got two weeks to look back on, I guess, but uh, they seem to prefer that too high. And at some, t- some points, they'd have kind of three safeties out there kind of playing a little bit off the line and just kind of daring the Raiders to beat them with a run, uh, which you probably shouldn't do against the Raiders because that's the one thing John Gruden really, really wants to do is just run the ball. Um, but they did that line did kind of give that running game trouble a little bit early. And so if the Packers can get the run game going a little bit, um, at least enough to threaten or the, or even not even the run game, just some of the short passing game going to kind of get, uh, get the Saints out of that too high or even in some cases three high look. Uh, and then you get that single high, they're, they're bringing more guys in the box. That's where, I mean, you know, Sarah talked about MVS. That's where MVS could shine. I mean, some of his opportunities have come, you know, down that sideline. And that becomes – it. it's a tougher throw and it's tougher to get open if you've got too high because you're, you're spreading out. You're protecting that sideline a little more. Or if you got a single high, that's a little harder to get to. So if the Packers can either through the run game – now, through the short passing game, force the Saints out of that two high, three high look to get that single high safety to kind of open up those boundaries. Uh, that that becomes uh, you know even bigger for for a guy like MVS to kind of work with. So I know from from that perspective, it's what can the Packers do, kind of at the line of scrimmage to force the Saints out of that look to be able to open up some of those deeper shots. I just want Aaron Jones to become wide receiver too now. I think (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not over that catch. I I really can't get over it. And I hope that they involve him in that way more. And I'll be looking out for that too. I'm super excited that Mike Tirico is going to be subbing in for Al Michaels. I mean, I think we, we, as Packers fans, we put in our time with two weeks of Greg Jennings. I think he was good. And Sarah and I, I talk, Sarah and I talked about this. He did a really good job. But if you're telling me I have the choice between Greg Jennings and Mike Tirico, I think I'm going to take Mike Tirico every damn time. <laughs> um, so very excited about that. And the other thing I'm excited to continue to watch is the growth of Rashawn Gary. Uh, you guys know I've been I've been hyping that dude since the day he was drafted. I know he hasn't been the most popular pick in the world at number twelve, but I like I said it from day one. If he gets to learn from the Smiths and he can hone his craft and not be triple teamed like he was at Michigan, dude, the sky's the limit. And you're starting to see some of that stuff. And he's not going super high like trying to beat everybody around like not trying to beat tackles all the way around and he's learning how to use some speed and power like ben and andy were talking about from um monday's podcast like that like though when he can get those things going man he's a force to be reckoned with and if it it continues to be that way like the packers front four is going to be outstanding so i'm going to continue to watch for that predictions wise what are you guys thinking who's gonna win packers saints you can score if you want to i know we're not keeping track of that this year but uh dusty what are you thinking i'm way too confident in this game man i mean i think the the watching what the raiders did to the saints and you know the the one of the narratives coming out and rogers even talked about mcafee was um you know breeze's arm and Rodgers was kind of like, you know, it's a couple weeks. People kind of overreact to everything, which is true. But also if you're like a 40-plus-year-old quarterback who never had the strongest arm and now that's starting, it's it looks very early on in the season, like maybe that strength isn't there, I think it is time to worry. So not saying that, you know, Breeze is, is toast because I think it's too early to say that. Um, but I just, without, especially without uh, Mike Thomas in there, you know, Camaro's good. He broke a couple. But I just, I feel like... I feel like what the Raiders were doing, were able to do on offense, which once it got cooking, it, it was hard to stop them. What the Raiders want to do on offense is kind of the same blueprint of what the Packers want to do on offense, just the Packers are way better at it. So I kind of feel like I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if early in the game we kind of get the same thing that happened these past two weeks. That's 
Packers give up, you know, first drive, maybe even the first two drives. Uh, Packers defense doesn't look great, and they give up some points, and it's, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then the defense kind of adjusts, and they lock down, and the Packers offense goes nuts. So I, I feel – it's one of those where I feel so confident that I'm worried about it. But I, <laughs> I feel like Packers by, by you know – I don't know, double digits, you know, 10, 10 to 17 is about, is about what I'm feeling right now. I'm Again, I'm riding high, Steve. I'm riding real high. Wow. I mean, I'm on the record talking about how this was a game that I was a little worried about when I first saw the schedule. And I think now so many things have changed. And I can't believe, like you said, Dusty, I feel as confident as I do. Um, you know, after watching the Monday night game, I'm like, oh, their defense looks like it's struggling a bit while our offense is literally on fire. Um, So that's just something that at the beginning of the year, I don't think I would have ever predicted when we were, you know, talking about a potential record for the Packers this year. This was a game where I was like, I don't think we will win on the road, you know, with a packed house, but now it's like they're on the road They're, I think, yeah, there is going to be fans, but obviously not a packed house and Aaron Rodgers hot Packers are hot. Aaron Jones is on fire. All signs are pointing to a win for the Packers. I don't know how much they'll win by. I don't know if I'm feeling as confident as Dusty, but I think the Packers are definitely going to win this one. Yeah, I've got, uh, I would say not having Saints fans in the stadium is so unbelievably huge right now because if that's the case, I mean, to me, it's a coin flip of a game. You can tell me all the stats you want. You can tell me everything you want about how Drew Brees' arm isn't as good as it, as it used to be. And you could be right on all of those things, but they punt the ball one time and get it down to the one-yard line, and that, that crowd is going insane. Man, like crazy things happen. So I think that is a really, really big factor. I'm probably not as – not as confident as Dusty. I think a, a touchdown probably like, you know, six to seven points is probably where the Packers are victorious. But I do think if the, the offense keeps churning the way that they're doing, uh, the defense keeps bending and not breaking and can make a couple of spectacular plays like they've made in the past, that's the recipe for success. They're going to change their offensive mindset. They're going to um, – figure out different ways to attack teams. It's not the Mike McCarthy area of uh, area of like, Hey, beat your one-on-one and we'll win. That's not what they do anymore. They figure out different ways to win against different teams, which I think is a really good thing. So <laughs> uh, I'm super excited to see what they do against the saints defense. Uh, and that front seven can be pretty scary. So I think we'll see a lot more of Aaron Rodgers getting the ball out really quick and doing a lot of that stuff. So, very excited to see how this game progresses, but I do, I am predicting a Packers victory. On to our prop bet of the week. We will do a little summary from last week. Sarah had picked Devontae Adams, <laughs> 120 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, to be fair to Sarah, Devontae did not play a lot. <laughs> He didn't play like at all. <laughs> Whatever. I just hope he's healthy and he's yeah. able to, good to go for Sunday. But yeah, Devontae, he he kind of messed me up there because my whole prop bet was about him, and then he didn't play. Um, yeah, kind of. It kind of hurt. It kind of hurt. But uh, Sarah was the only one to pick the over on that. Dusty and I both picked the under. So I am sitting two and zero. Dusty's one and one, and Sarah is zero and two on the uh, weekly prop bet. So, Dusty, we will let you do your prop bet of the week and let us let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, full disclosure, I forgot that I had to do this because while I listened to last week and you guys did a tremendous job, um, I was not on last week and I think there's a disconnect in my brain. Uh, so I was trying to come up with something. So shout out to Steve for uh, for coming up with my idea here, I guess. Uh, but we're doing um, – we're keeping the theme. Our theme for the episode seems to have been drops. So we're staying with that. A uh, little negative, yes, but you can also view it as a positive <laughs> if you take it another way. And so we are setting the over-under on 3.5 Packers drops. Now, we have not decided how this is going to be measured. I assume official measurement. Maybe if LaFleur is talking about drops, I don't know. But I think we'll probably go uh, official statistics for drops. I think I know PFF tracks those, so we'll just use that. So over-under for the Packers, 
Three and a half drops on the game. Sarah, you're Owen too. We'll start with you. You're going over or under? I'm taking the under. Steve? I'm going over. I'm uh, I'm with Sarah. I'm taking the under on this. I, I I in my mind I just feel I feel like it's a blip and I feel like they're not gonna have more than four drops three games in a row. If they Man, do, it's concerning. I, I, I would love, again, this is one of the, the fun parts, is I would love to be proven wrong. Yeah. But when you have like four, three, four drops in the first game, six drops in the second game, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel great, and especially if Devontae is not going to be, if he's not playing, that he's not as sure-hand, nobody else is as sure-handed as him. Like, that's... And to be clear, Devontae's got a couple drops in the year, so he's very that's, true. That's very he's, true. he's always kind of had a little issue with that. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's uh that's good. You know, this is this is going well. You know, this uh, I like this where we kind of pick different stuff as opposed to just the the game every week. This is this is good. No, no, it's fun. I, like I do enjoy it. I think it's a it is more fun than just picking up the score of the Packers game because legitimately nobody got a a correct score on both sides last yeah. time at all. So. But we still do need to figure out uh, what the, the bet is. And uh, Sarah, we'll, we'll probably need some input from you because you're already 0-2. <laughs> Gracious. Thank God. <laughs> Make her buy us Cheesecake Factory gift cards. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking more like she can figure out a way to get, get me like a Total Wine and Liquor gift card or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was she allowed to buy those? <laughs> Her mom can buy it for <laughs> Dusty. Come on. She wait outside the store. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> Here's the hundred dollars I got for my allowance the last four weeks, and I need you to buy me two gift cards for fifty dollars each. Uh, okay, so every week we do love to get questions from you guys on Twitter, and uh, definitely delivered again. So we've got a bunch. We are actually going to dip into one from last week because Dusty wasn't here. So we wanted to uh, address the one from Don P who wants to know which of you three are the biggest Packers fan and share evidence. Why? So who's going to start? I'll start. I'm the oldest. I'll start, I guess. Um, I'm the biggest fan because I'm the oldest. I've been. Uh, all right. So it's funny because we were talking about this beforehand, and like I don't know that either of us was like, oh yeah, I'm the biggest fan because when I think of, and this is this is no knocking anyone, I think of um, like the biggest fans of a team, like the absolute biggest fans. I think of people who are like, like just you know paint their faces and go out and live and die and you know if they if the if the team loses you're inconsolable for a week and to be fair that used to be me that was me for a very long time and we talked about this i feel like just a couple of weeks ago steve we got a question about um kind of looking at the game through a different lens i guess i can't remember what the exact question yep. was but it was a very good question and so i mean i think that's kind of when it started to turn for me so like you know now i you know i this was telling beforehand there's pictures of me as a six-month-old baby in a packers onesie and you know one of the best trips of my life was to lambo and in, in 07 that was the first trip i was able to go up there and you know I've, I've spent an ungodly amount of money at the pro shop and uh you know recently the 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 closing jersey store i've spent too much money there and you know i, I watch every game um, multiple times I now spend, you know, over the past seven years, I spend hours each week, you know, looking at the game and writing about the game and, you know, talking about the game and doing videos about the game and all kinds of stuff. But to me, like when I think of like biggest fan, I don't think of those things. I think of like going and screaming really loud and again, like face painted and you're there 10 hours before the game to tailgate and you just, just do anything you can for your team. And like, I love the Packers. But I love that. I'd say I love the Packers now more than I ever, ever have. But I've just like that, that fandom, I feel like just is not me at this point. Like what I think of when I think of a big fan. So I spend a lot of time covering them. I, I know a lot about them. I read a lot about them. But as far as like big fan, I, I guess I'm in the running. There's only three of us. Ooh. I'm in the running, but like that's that's my uh, that's that's my case. I guess I'm I'm digging this because Dusty's already talking himself out of it. So. Yeah. Sarah, go ahead. What's your uh, your case? Before I even start, I already know that you guys are going to eliminate me for my age. You're just going to say, you haven't existed long enough to like the Packers. Um, It's a good Steve voice, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, she's like she's like Eminem from Eight Miles. She's like, what? <laughs> Fred Saunders like, well, what are you gonna say? You already know all the things they're gonna say about you. <laughs> like I know this is coming, but I mean everything that Dusty said. I love the Green Bay Packers. I always have. You know, my dad is from Wisconsin, so as a child, there is photos of me and. Packers gear at in elementary school. I would take like my Brett Favre trading card and keep it in my cubby like as a child. And just growing up, I was always the crazed Green Bay Packer girl. Like that was that was my thing. People always knew that as early as elementary school. It's always just been a part of my life. Like you said, I've spent way too much money on shoes, clothes, just <laughs> everything that's Packers related. And I just, the feeling of walking into Lambeau Field the first time and just seeing it and actually being there took my breath away. That was one of the coolest things ever and just chills to be in there and with so much history surrounding me and just amazing. But, you know, I know Steve's going to poo-poo on my argument, so I I won't go on too far. But look at that picture, my infamous pin tweet where I'm like, dead here go cool dude two years ago no i'm just saying look look at that picture and you'll see a life of a life long packers fan of 22 years only i know but mm. and just the emotional ride i felt like that night was like the whole my whole like childhood just coming together <laughs> and an emotional roller coaster so that's my visual representation of how much i love and care about this team Okay. I mean, you guys you guys both put up some, some great arguments. Well, I mean, great's probably a bit of a stretch. Oh, for because, me, it's absolutely a stretch, yes. Because one of the things that both of you talk about is how much money you spend on the Packers. And that's that's not Packers fandom. It's, it's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's in your blood. And you guys are like, oh, no, I spend so much money on, the, on shoes and at the pro shop. No, no, no. I mean, I still remember I the one thing I cherished was – the gift that I got was a Sterling Sharp South Carolina jersey because I could talk about how the fact that he was he was so good that like for the Packers that I that my dad got me that jersey for my birthday because I because he worked down in South Carolina for years and years and years and like my god that that thing like I think my mom had to peel it off of me while I was sleeping in order to get it washed at times um but no, I mean, look, when it comes to fandom, we're all fans. It, it's true. Like this is this is nitpicking because we're all like huge fans of the Packers and everything like that, and we like to talk trash about each other. That's kind of what it boils down to about here. Um, I mean, I remember, I, I remember one of my best friends in elementary school, middle school, high school. Uh, he came from Czechoslovakia, foreign exchange student, and converted that dude to a Packers fan. He didn't quite get the game right away because, you know, he's wearing a Reggie White jersey and he's playing quarterback and he's, you know, didn't understand that Reggie White doesn't throw the ball. But, you know, we got him there eventually. Baby steps, dude. Exactly. We got him there eventually to the point where he understood it. And it was just uh, – it's just been such a huge part of my life. Um I remember, I still remember the days of 96 for the Super Bowl, uh, sitting talking to my dad about how I need to appreciate the Packers being in the Super Bowl because this isn't something that happens every year. And, you know, and, and him growing up as a Steelers fan and him seeing the Steelers being awesome. And he was like, look, it, 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 it comes in bunches, but all of a sudden it can go away really fast. And, you know, it's just been this microcosm of my entire life of, I just it's it's just been always been there and I, I can't imagine cheering for a, a singular team and I know I've talked about this before but the conversation I've had with my dad I'm like how how are you a Steelers fan growing up your entire life and then you moved to Wisconsin and you magically turned into a Packers fan like how did you do that yeah, like I can't that switching like that would break me like i could not do that also be like ah no no packers are done with i live in pittsburgh now like no i could not (laughs) do that so uh yeah to me it's just it it is it's that way of life we we have so much fun talking with you guys about it every single week so what we have decided is that 
the three of us are very biased against each other and we cannot decide this ourselves. <laughs> so Dusty, I think since he has the most Twitter followers, is going to put out a poll. And uh, the predetermination is that you sh- that you have to listen to the podcast before voting on this, right, Dusty? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 what we're hoping now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that, listen, I can't be... control how people vote, <laughs> but that is that is that is the rules we were hoping to set down. Yeah. So you guys will determine who is the biggest Packers fan among the three of us. So, all right, next question we've got from Mister Packers. Uh, great handle, by the way, Mister Packers one one five. Runyon over Turner for the right guard. What happens to Turner with a year left on his deal? What kind of dead money if he is cut? Uh, so I did take a little look at this, and it looks like Billy Turner uh, for 2021, his salary cap hit will be $8,050,000. Uh, his dead cap hit would be $4.5 million. And so if he were to be cut, that would be a savings of $3.55 million. It'll be interesting to see how it happens, but, I mean, it's so far out. Like, who who the hell knows? I mean, if Corey Lindsley isn't resigned, like, maybe they have ideas for moving Runyon to center or something. Like, there, there's so many different options right now, but um, it, it'll be fascinating to watch. I mean, for $3.5 million, I don't know if they're going to cut him to – get those savings but if they're trying to find money for Bakhtiari he said he's four million away from what he wants to get paid I mean you're almost there yeah. right there so um so yeah that'll be uh that'll be interesting to watch I mean Runyon's been good so far guys I mean we haven't we haven't had to say anything about him which is always a good thing so yeah all right next up we have brian who wants to know through two weeks we've had a star performer in each game adams in week one jones week two who do you believe is the star of week three sarah who you got mbs i said i said it earlier this is his chance to break out and be a true star um so that's who i think it is this week especially if Devontae's out MVS all the way. Okay, it didn't say it in the question, but I assume the uh, the underlying thing is it's we, it's not going to be one of the other two guys. If we assume it's not going to be one of those two, so I if that it's not no, I, oh, I would say you could pick. You can pick. Okay, you I was taking it as like not one of those two guys. If it's not, I was gonna say if it's not Aaron Jones, if Deguara is going to be in, I think it's Deguara, and if it's not Deguara, it's uh, it's uh, Sternberger. I just think again, I think they're going to use those tight ends. I think they're going to use those backs. And the way they used Aguara in week one, if he's healthy, I think he's got a skill set they like and the, the way they're going to attack. And so uh, I could, okay. I could just see, I could see that. Not, I mean, you know, I don't think he's catching 10 balls or anything, but if he catches, you know, 50 passes for 65 yards or something like that, that to me is a breakout for a rookie guy. So, and if we're going to go that, and I think I would take uh Tanyan for that. I think he's, I, he was on my list as well. Yeah. He, he's definitely looks like he's got some Rogers connections there. I mean, that touchdown that he had was like, as soon as he was out, as soon as, as soon as he was out of the break, the ball was already in the air, comes down with it, scores a touchdown. Like, I mean, that's what he's looking for. I mean, he did have the drop on a contested ball, but still, I mean, he went back to him. So I would say if it's going to be a tight end to me, it would be, it would be Tanyan. So he had another one too. I think earlier in the game, and I wrote about this, this will be on, on Cheesehead, was the um, kind of a rollout where he read, he looked back, found the defender, read him, and instead of continuing across the field, kind of settled into a zone and Rogers was able to find him for like yep. a 15 yard gain or something like it, like he, it does seem like he's growing into that role. So yeah, that wouldn't shock me a bit. And then Brian follows it up uh, on brand for us with a food question, and he wants to know which would you prefer: picking crabs, low country boil, a fish fry, or chicken tenders? Sarah, food question: What do you got first? I mean, we all made before the show even started. Uh, Dusty and I both made the joke of Publix chicken tenders for you, but you decided no, that was not what the way you were going to go. Yeah, I mean, I love chicken tenders, especially from Publix, but a good fish fry is, like, almost undefeated, I think. Especially, like, when we're in, whenever my family goes to Wisconsin, like, that's, like, a must. Like, my dad is, like, I'm looking up wherever we're staying. That's <laughs> the closest Friday fish fry, and we're going to go and have a great time. 
it, it just it's so good so that's what i would go to just because i don't think i've ever had a bad fish fry that is a real dad story sarah i really enjoyed that a real dad story it, it's a total it's so funny like my when my boyfriend came with us to lambo last season he like did not understand the hype like he was like <laughs> like we were on the air airplane like flying to wisconsin and my dad's <laughs> All right, so when we land, you know, we're gonna go to fish fry, and he's like, "We got the we got the whole plan." Yep. Like, what is it with fish fry? Bailey was so confused, so it was quite funny. It's yeah, good. Um, so living in the South, as I do, living in Kentucky, I feel like I should it should be low country boil, but I'm going I'm going northern. I'm going picking crabs. Um, and this, I've only done it a couple times, uh, but one of the times was I visited a friend up in uh, Wildwood, New Jersey. And they had, you know, fresh crabs and we're all sitting around and just, just picking them. And it's, it's a, it's a disgusting act that the act of doing it is just disgusting. And there's just, there's just stuff all over the place, but it's so good. And it's just, you're eating like at a table. There's like a kind of a community aspect to it as well. I'm, I'm big, big fan of, of picking crabs and I don't get to do it often. So maybe that's why, but that's, uh, that's what I'm going to go with. And uh, to round out, I think I would go with the low country boil. I mean, I've got enough fish fries up here. Like to, I, yeah, they're they're very prevalent in Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, <laughs> poking picking crabs, meh, not really my thing. And if you're giving me chicken tenders or corn and fresh seafood and potatoes, like in a boil, like man, sign me up. Like you dump it on the table, and I can pick out whatever I want chuck stuff onto the floor i don't i don't know how they do it but i mean that sounds awesome <laughs> to me so i'm totally on board uh with the country boil so that sounds uh sounds like a lot of fun next one we've got is from smod who wants to know would you rather the pass catchers decrease their drops or the defense be better against the run Good Lord, Smod. I mean, like, it's like Sophie's choice over here. So, uh, Dusty, what are you thinking? I'm you're, going not allowed, you're not allowed to pick both. Yeah, I tried picking both before. It didn't work. Uh, I'm going I'm going uh, stop dropping passes. And I think, and the reason I'm doing that is because the defense, and I'm, just from a realistic standpoint, I feel like the defense is, is who they is. is. Is who they is, are who they are. Uh, that's more correct. That is, cor- that is corrector. Um so I feel like uh, the the defense we know who they are. Like, that's impossible. <laughs> like so, I feel like stopping the run. They're not built that way. They're not going to be that. So for them to simply start doing that, I don't know what that would take. Um, they're they're kind of built. They'll slow down the run. That's it's more built on you know trying to make you pass. Which so far they've done well, and they've also adjusted well to the run. So I think the dropping the dropping passes I believe is a correctable thing, and I also feel like it's it's kind of an early season blip. So if I were to take one of the two run defense just seems like that's probably not going to happen. So the, if they just stop dropping so many passes, I mean, that's the, and Steve, you mentioned earlier, like if you're scoring 40 plus points and you're dropping passes, that sucks. That sucks, but you're still scoring 40, but at some point you're not going to score 40. So when it gets well, to the playoffs and you're scoring like low twenties or something, every pass counts. So I'm taking not dropping passes just cause I feel like, I feel like that's, I don't know more correctable and i'm also an offense i've said this before i'm gonna i'm a whore for offense so just uh just give me all the offense you want and the defense doesn't matter i'm going the opposite way with literally the exact opposite logic it's fine i was so confused by all of his logic so thank god for me they're dropping passes but they're still scoring 40 points a game and he he legitimately said it's correctable that's something that's correctable and then just fix the defense. I'm not waving my magic wand. It's been a mess for a hot minute. Dusty. <laughs> if I could pick and change one, I would pick that because I think that's like the big difference when they get into the playoffs and further down the line. Like we saw what happened against the 49ers. If they could stop that and then our offense is still firing on all cylinders, I'm going to pick improving our well, run. And also because it's just bad for my health. Like, I get so pissed off when we can't stop the run that I just need it to stop. (laughs) I'll clarify that a little. I think, for me, it's stopping the run. I feel like drop passes, not only is that correctable, but that's, that's... it's relatively simple. It doesn't come at the expense of anything else. I feel like if you say, okay, you're better against the run, 
that means you're likely then having your based on how they're built you're committing more resources to there which means it's a, it's a it's a, you're, you're damned either way. Like you're better against the run, but, but then what does that mean against the pass? If we could pick one. I this didn't is think a magical like, question. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about it too much. I thought about it too much. But I, I, I look at this is like we're the genie, and we can pick. Like we have. It doesn't control. say that, Sarah. It doesn't say you're the genie. I think Steve's on the same page. Oh, for that. sure. Okay. <laughs> Like, legitimately, it's like you're in Madden, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I can go in and edit my players, and all of a sudden they're, like, the, not defense, the defense gets, like, 20-plus for uh, run defense. Like, all of a sudden, they're just way better. Like, they're not going to stop every run, but they're going to be way better against the run. And as you said, like, pass catching is just correctable. Like, they can, if they practice it and they can do that, their coaches can help them out. I would say that would be that's the easier of the two to correct. So I would take the more difficult of the two to correct, which would be the run defense. I so. looked at it from a way more realistic standpoint. I think. Boo. So Sarah and I are right. Dusty is stupid. It's fine. <laughs> I missed you guys last week. <laughs> yeah, welcome Dude, back, Dusty. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've got you know we have extra insults because you missed a week. So yeah, you had Sarah turn on me. What happens, Steve? Me and Sarah are cool. Sarah just turned on me. <laughs> What can I say, man? Don't don't miss another week. That's <laughs> fair. Uh, okay, the last one we've got is Scottish Packers fan wants to know who are the top five receivers in the league this year, and has Dusty accepted that Devontae is one of them? So we even have Twitter fans that are turning on you, which I'm digging right listen, now. That's fine. That's fine. It's all listen when it, when it all goes when it goes down, it all goes down at the same time, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so we kind of actually did a poll before this happened, so we didn't have to do f- three separate lists, but uh, we came up with a kind of a consensus consensus list of wide receivers. So uh, in no particular order, our top five is going to be Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill with honorable mentions to uh, Keenan Allen and OBJ. So, um, Dusty, are you officially putting Devontae in your top five? So I'm kind of done making lists uh, because all it does is piss people off. But, I mean... I think I had him when we talked last. When we made this list before, I think you I had have him. Never, you have never had him in your top five because I've yelled at you. No, no, no. No, I'm saying I think when we talked last year, I think I had him at seven. But I had above him, you know, Antonio Brown, who is <laughs> no longer in the league. Maybe. Maybe he retires every week, so it's tough to keep up at this point. Definitely not playing now. But Brown was in there. Um, Odell Beckham, and we were talking beforehand. Like Odell Beckham, I still think is super talented, and it's really hard right now to separate kind of his dip from his quarterback and and kind of the scheme he was in last year. So I don't know. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think I still have the same concerns I had with Adams before. I think he's you know an elite route runner. I think his uh, his feet off the line. I have loved all of the receivers saying like uh, Rob Mays, Robert Mays on the Athletic actually wrote a piece last week about how Devonte Adams is your favorite receiver's favorite receiver about how everyone kind of studies his footwork. Um you know, just tremendous to watch there. I think my knock on him has always been he doesn't have uh top end speed. Uh it's not a breakaway speed, which doesn't kill him, but it is kind of a knock and his his hands, he does still have some issues with his hands. So, uh I still have those issues, but I think some of the guys have fallen off a little bit. So if it makes people happy, sure, fine. Devontae Adams, top five. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. Sarah, is he in your top five? Duh, he's been in it. <laughs> he's been in it. I've been on this train. <laughs> I just needed to double check. Uh, okay, before we wrap things up with final thoughts, I did want to talk to you guys a little bit because – uh, going around the Packers Twitterverse and a little bit is it's it's Halloween candy season already. I don't know, Dusty, if you've put up your Halloween decorations, but uh, I've already gotten mine up and I have them. You can see them behind me right now. Sarah, that's some that's some weak sauce there, buddy. No, you can't see the rest. Like it's there's all sorts in my kitchen and stuff too. But like my obviously my laptop, you can only see on the wall right behind yeah. me. And I do until, it until you have a seven foot inflatable uh, spooky ghost like I have in my front lawn. Like you, you got nothing, dude. But again, Walmart for forty bucks, you can you can definitely hit that up. So, um, but 
going around, it's now like hot take season on candy, which is always fun for everybody. So there was a tweet that went out that had a 75-piece candy kit of Sour Patch Kid, Reese's Cups, Swedish Fish, Twizzlers, Reese's Pieces, and Kit Kat. And, of course, it says, one gotta go. So, Sarah, tell me, what's leaving your bag of candy? Swedish Fish. I don't like them. I just never have. Uh, Is it because you can't pronounce it? No, I like literally stumbled and was like, whatever, I don't care because I have that much, I have that little respect for them. Swedish, there you go. Fish. I just have never been a fan. Like when I was a little kid and, you know, in elementary school, when people put, you have your little uh, basket in front of your desk and people come and drop candy in it. I was always like, does anyone want to trade Swedish fish? Like, I just, I just don't like them. So goodbye. That's, that's a bad answer. Yeah, like exactly. Answer. Well, I, I don't care. I just, that's I don't fine. like them. That's just I also like, don't care either. I, Got what, it. While we're talking about candy that sucks, peeps are horrible, and I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how dare you? Okay, listen. Oh, I, hey, man, I, I know we're getting personal. I'm, I'm talking to a man that's been to the peep store, for God's sake. What's wrong with you guys? Um, There's a four. Just yeah. eat a marshmallow, Dusty. If you want to cover no. it in sugar, cut it in sugar. But Jesus, just eat a marshmallow. Listen, I, I don't have to justify myself to you guys. I don't, I, we don't need to go through this. Fine. Fine. You know what? Quite quit. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm... Sweet. I, it only took like two and a half years. <laughs> I'm going uh, I'm going Twizzlers. I'm fine with Twizzlers generally. If they're in front of me, I will eat them. But they're just... I don't know if I just got older. They're just boring. They 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 bore me, Steve. It's a candy that bores me. <laughs> so I'm kicking kicking Twizzlers out. Actually, we are totally on the same page because yes, out of that group, like Twizzlers are awful. And it, again, like if you're giving me licorice options and it's Twizzlers or Red Vines, like dude, it's not even close. It is Red Vines in a uh, in a long shot. And uh, actually, I have a very funny Red Vine story because I. <laughs> When I was uh, one of my old jobs, I used to do, um, I used to write itineraries for kids that would go like to, to Florida for, um, you know, bands and stuff that would perform at, um, at Disney World. Sure. And one of the things I used to do as a, a nice gesture was I would always have things of candy on my desk. So if you would come and visit, like you can grab a piece, whatever. And I would always put out red vines because, to me, I'm like, red vines are way better. Way, way better. Legitimately had a boss come up to me one time. She grabbed a red vine, took a bite out of it, and goes, I prefer Twizzlers. And then walked away. I was like, you <laughs> MF-er. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, I would, like, Twizzlers gone in a heartbeat. But Dusty, I do need to, I do need to approach this. You yeah. said the second thing gone was a Kit Kat. That's correct. That's correct. Really? Yeah. I, mean, again, I don't care about Kit Kats. Like, I don't, they're fine. I will eat them. I just, they've never particularly done a single, f- ooh, ooh, I can break them apart. Ooh, that's a, like, <laughs> God, if you need a gimmick to sell your candy, it's a, it's not a good candy. Like, just get over yourself. Like, it's chocolate covered wafer, and then you get four uh, of them. Or it's perfectly you, fine. No, you can get one of them. They just break it up into four parts, Steve. Hey, Dusty, what about if you need to change your candy for every single holiday to try to stay relevant? I think that means you have elite candy. <laughs> and that is kind of what peeps do. <laughs> How dare you? Is it spoken like someone that's not been to the peep store and have seen the universal to, peeps, Sarah? The peep store. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Peep store. Yeah, that's right. That does the sound peep horrible. Store. You know what? It wasn't great. If I'm being honest, but I'm going to keep talking about it. Oh God, we got to wrap this up. This is getting out of control. Uh, thank you guys who have continued to listen through all of this. Um, Dusty, why don't you tell us about some of the articles that you've written? Yes. Now that everyone has stopped, I will talk about the articles. Okay, so. We're in the heat of the season, which is awesome. I've got uh, two coming out today over on Packer Report. I've got uh, 
talking about a pressure, my favorite pressure from the previous week. And so this past week was, we talked about earlier, is Rashawn Gary. Uh, the Rashawn Gary pressure and kind of the pressure package that Petten brought on that uh, that pick six that Shannon Sullivan had. So I kind of talk about the pressure itself and then the idea behind the pressure itself because Savage kind of comes. There's a whole kind of deal on the back end that kind of goes along with that. And then also the coverage on the back end. Um, so we're going to get a couple looks at that. So that's that's over Pack Report. Uh, and then Cheesehead today is Passing Chronicles where I look at a whole bunch of passing concepts. So this was fun. Uh, you know, Lions being a man coverage a bunch. The Packers ran a lot of the same concepts, a lot of crossers, a lot of mesh. Uh, and so I've got eight examples of that and then some counters they ran to that as well. So that was really, really fun week. I don't always have themes for any given week um, because they're always not that clear, but this week was very, very clear. So that was kind of fun. You get to see kind of the some of the illusion of complexity in there, the same formation, running slightly different stuff to kind of toy with the defense, kind of keep them guessing a little bit. So that was really fun. And then on Friday over on Packer Report, I've got the play that Steve referenced earlier, the touchdown to Big Bob Tanyan. That's kind of a, a smash concept that instead of continuing on the corner, Tanyan just, just turns on that kind of curl stop route. A uh, ton of fun. A lot of really good stuff this week. Um, so, yeah, it's a good, good week to write about the Packers. Sarah, what you got? Um, well, yeah, I had my game recap go up on Cheesehead TV, and a couple of you guys sent me some really nice messages about how you liked reading it. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'll have another one up uh, really late uh, Sunday night, so you will probably want to check that out Monday morning because it will be very late, and I will wish I was asleep um, <laughs> since I have to work the next day. But, you know, I got to deliver content when I got to deliver content. Um, something that I wanted to bring up was, you know, we always talk about how our DMs are always open and we're here for you guys and, you know, that holds true. But um, I know there's been a lot of talk about um, Dak Prescott and him opening up about, you know, his brother's suicide and it, what his family went through. And I saw today that Hayden uh, Hurst, who's a, the tight end on the Falcons, like went up to him after the game and said like, hey, I really, you know, respect what you did and I have a lot of respect for you. Um, you know, talking about that and using your platform. And my mom and I, he said, have a suicide prevention foundation. And, you know, we should try to collaborate sometime and work together. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I had never really heard Hayden, her story. And if you haven't, I would encourage you to look it up because he um, battled with a suicide attempt himself and has completely turned his life around. And he started this foundation with his family um, to help raise uh, just raise awareness about mental health issues in children and adolescents, and they help fund mental health services and programs them through fundraisers and donations. And, you know, I had never heard of this until my lunch break today. Um, I took a late lunch break and people started talking about it. And then the video came out later in the day and really fantastic stuff. So his foundation is called the Hayden Hurst Family Foundation. And I would definitely check it out. Um, and like, if and if you want to talk about it, my DMs are open. And yeah, it was just a really inspiring story and something I think everyone should read if they have the opportunity to. Very cool. I've got uh, two, I guess, two things right now. Um, number one, if you guys are on Twitter, obviously most people that are listening to this probably are. Annie Agar is like outstanding. She's been putting out like fake Zoom calls between all the NFL teams. She's done Big Ten Zoom calls uh, between all the teams, and it's just it's hilarious. It's it, you know it's a crazy time in the world right now, and we need some some levity. We need some fun. So I would I would highly suggest following her and listen and watching some of these videos because I've been I've been dying. Like they're they're really good. They. Uh, they make fun of the Vikings. They make fun of the Bears because they think they have an elite quarterback. Um, <laughs> all sorts of good stuff. Um, so definitely take a look at that. And then the other thing I'm going to start promoting now, you know, we've been talking about wearing a mask. We've been talking about all that stuff. Keep doing that. But get ready to vote. Like, look, we may argue on who to vote for. We may argue on all sorts of things with you guys. But it's a it's a, a fundamental right between people in the U.S. between people in the world, and it's you know between absentee balloting, between all that kind of stuff that's going on right now. Like, get yourself ready. I've already gotten my ballot in the mail, so I'm getting ready to do that. And to me, that's a it's a, it's a really really important election, and I think that's something that everybody should get get yourself uh, as prepared for that as you can. So. Um, 
keep getting that stuff ready. But look, we're we're all excited that you guys are listening. We appreciate uh, all the Twitter questions. We'll be asking for them again next week, hopefully after a uh, Packers victory on Sunday night over the Saints. Um, but yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Sarah Kelleher four at Dusty Evely at Steve Perach and at Packaday Podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you guys next week. So uh, make sure to vote on the poll that Dusty will put out for who is the biggest Packer fan out of the three of us, <coughs> me. And uh, as always, go Pack Go.